How many of you know the story of David and Goliath? That's three of you. The rest we'll put down in kids' church next Sunday. And we can... <laughs> Come on, church. You know the story of David and Goliath. It was a situation where God's people were, were in, a, in, a, in a place, in a, in a, in a valley, and they, they've been trying to make, take ground and overcome where they weren't, weren't able to, and they in a situation where it's almost like they'd, they'd lost hope. It's not a good place to be, is it? And you know the story that, of course, David, who was back home looking after his father's sheep because he was too young, if you like, and not eligible to go and fight, his father says to him, go and take some cheese and some food and some snacks or whatever to your brothers and just see how the battle is going. He turns up there and finds this place of no hope and stalemate, if you like, because they're not taking any ground. And Goliath comes out and says, you know, come on, you, you need to, if you can take, who, he who can take me out, if you can take me out, then we're going to prevail against Israel. Because he, he knew, of course, in his heart, his heart, by the way, that no one was going to be able to take him out. Because they tried. And they'd failed. But of course, you know, David turns up. This little shepherd boy who had just been released by his father to go and take word, bring, bring back word of how the battle was going. And he took, took some snacks for them, just took some sustenance for them. And he gets himself involved. <laughs> Don't you like people like David? Who just somehow just get themselves involved. Maybe he's a little bit nosy. Maybe he said, well, he's a little bit big-headed. But he gets himself involved. And he says, you know, what's going to happen to this, to anybody who takes out this uncircumcised Philistine? He said, well, he's going to get the king's daughter in, in, in marriage and uh, he's going to be exempt from taxes. Everybody said amen. That, that, is a, that would be a, that's a pretty good incentive, isn't it? And, but nobody was prepared to take on. It wasn't enough. But David turns up, and it's not like he's even worried about that. He just says, well, you know, if I view this from a different perspective, anything can change. So I want to just pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and verse 38 and 39, where David had this conversation with Saul and had this conversation with his brothers. Who said, you know, what do you think you're doing here? Why aren't you back there looking after those few sheep? So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail, and David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk. <laughs> you ever seen pictures of David trying to walk in Saul's armor? They can be quite humorous, can't they? For he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. David finds himself, gets, in, gets himself into a situation 
I can, I, can t- I can do this. I can take this man out. Let's get, just get, let me get to him. But David gets himself armored up in something that wasn't designed for him. And I think sometimes too often as Christians, we're trying to fit into somewhere where we have been not designed to fit. And if we're trying to fit into somewhere where we're not designed to fit, we're not going to succeed. See, we were designed before the fall. Adam and Eve, of course, messed that up. (laughs) But Jesus. So we got our design back. Do you hear what I'm saying? We have got our design back because we have we we have then we've got got a relationship back with God. So that which we were designed to before the fall, you know, is available to us now. So Christ has given us back our original design. Isn't that encouraging? Well, you know, Christ has given back to us our original design. The original blueprint, you know, Christ in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. You know, I've been born again. It's not I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Sometimes we forget that when we get involved, and also our thoughts go all over the place, and we do this, and we do that, and we get involved here, and we get involved there. We try and make this happen, try and make that, and we forget that Christ in us. I've got my original design back. He's given us back that original design. We, and so going back to this armor, we, we try so often to find an armor that fits us rather than the other way around. You said this before, and I won't stop saying it, that sometimes we get, when we get born again, we get born again, and then we try and fit our new born-again spirit into our, old, into our old armor. doesn't work. The problem for the cause of Christ is that unlike David, we don't take it off, that wrong armor. And we don't recognize the misfits. You know, we're in this world, but we're not of this world, are we? I used to sing a song, I'm not, about not in this world, I'm just passing through. Um, but we're in this world, but we're not of this world. You ever been in situations, I'm sure you have, we've been in situations where you feel very uncomfortable because we just don't fit with what others consider acceptable. I, I hope you find yourself in those situations because we live in a fallen world. And too often we accept something as being normal when it is totally abnormal for who we are in Christ. So we find ourselves in a situation where we feel very uncomfortable because we don't just fit with what others consider acceptable. So the ways people talk, the things people watch, the things people get involved in, the things that go on around us, and we, we can... You know, we should, we should be uncomfortable in those situations so much so that we should be able to step back from them and say, whoa. See, there are sometimes times when we don't take the unreasonable stand. And try and live at our call 
with wrong-fitting protection. And that's called compromise. Of course, we never do that because we're Christians. But there are times when we don't take the unreasonable stand. We don't back off and say, whoa, come on. And we try to live out our call. Yes, we've got a call. How many of you know you've got a call? You've got a call. But we try and live it out with misfitting protection. See, Saul expected David to take out Goliath. He didn't, didn't, just, didn't you know, maybe just tongue-in-cheek. Okay, you, you do it, but, you know, he expected David take, to take out Goliath the same way that he had and all the other Israelites had tried. It didn't work. And why do we keep doing the same thing the same way, even though it doesn't work? And so it got to the situation where all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and they were dreadfully afraid. So they get themselves in this stalemate, nothing's happening, nothing's taking place, and they're just, they're, they're basically going to just accept defeat. Here was this group of people who had lost hope. And so if it hadn't worked for them, why would it work for David? David wasn't even trained. David had no experience. Didn't think that he, he had no experience of what they thought was necessary. So why would it work for David? But of course, if David hadn't turned up, they'd still be there today. <laughs> Can you imagine these things? If, if David hadn't turned up, what would have happened? The, the Bible would have been written differently. And many times we face the same problems over and over again, because, because we try to fit, or sorry, we try to fight, let's read my own writing, we try to fight with someone else's armor. Well, it worked for them. But in this case, it didn't work for them. How many of you have got people in your world who, who will tell you to do something, give you advice about something that hasn't worked for them? Hello? Why listen to somebody who's given you advice who hasn't got it right yet? Go find somebody who's got it right before you listen to somebody who can't get it right, but they think you can get it right if they do what you tell them to do, if you do what they tell you to do. The world is full of them. And you've probably got them in your life. You've had people around us like that, you know, and you've still got people around you, you know, and you've got people in your life who will tell you how to live your life, but they haven't got it right themselves. And you're too polite to slap them. You're too polite to say, don't be so silly. When you can get it right, I'll listen to you. But you're too nice. <laughs> so many times you face the same problems over and over again because we try to fight with someone else's armor. See, as Christians, we find ourselves in situations where we're coming against, but not everyone in your world has the resources or the authority that you have. Got one of these? Yeah. Well, you say oh, it's on my phone, but it's not quite the same. No, just get... no I don't really mean that. Yes, I do. 
you got one of these. And see, not everybody in your world has the resources or the authority you have. Some people have the resources and the authority. They just don't understand it. They haven't got the revelation of it, so they don't apply it to their life. So Saul's armor didn't fit because it wasn't made for David. We find ourselves in you're trying to put on armor that's not made for us. It may have been made for who we used to be. Hello? It may have been made for who we used to be, but we're not who we used to be. That's why sometimes we've got people in our, in our lives who knew, only knew us from how we used to be. They don't know us as a new creation, born again, full of the Holy Spirit, on fire for Jesus. They haven't got the revelation that you've got. So it may have been made for who you used to be, but we're not who, you, who I used to be. It may have been made for the souls in your world. But not for us. See, we, we, we have a different armor and we fight with different weapons. Hello? We have a different armor and we fight with different weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. See, I believe the enemy wants us to dress up in the armor of the world because he knows that when you're not in your own armor, you're vulnerable. Hello? He wants us to dress up. He wants us to look like the world. He wants us to blend in. He wants us to be okay. Even, even people in your life who haven't got the revelation, if they're born again, they don't have the same revelation. He, he, he will love you to be in a position where you're dressed up in some armor that causes you to be vulnerable. So the enemy wants us to dress up in the armor of the world because he knows that when you are not in your own armor, the armor that you've been supplied with, the armor, that you've, the armor of God that you've been made have available to you, we're vulnerable. You know, you may be surprised, and you've probably done it yourself, and maybe hopefully you've made some adjustments, but you may, it's amazing how many Christians are dressed up in the armor of the world. The devil tried it with Jesus in the wilderness, didn't he? And church, if you try it with Jesus, he'll try it with you. He'll try it with me. Let's just read a little bit more then from 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 40. It says, Then he took his staff and in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and he put them in the shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. I like the way just David just you know addresses him and he says, You come to me. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? What should we do to the man who takes him out? He's roaring and ranting at each other, and he, he, he ranting at David and says, You come to me with a sword and with a spear. But I come to you in the name of the God and the host of the God of Israel, whom you defy. So you better look out. I believe God is looking for people who will rise up. 
See, he took his staff in his hand and he, and, he, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and he put them in his shepherd's bag and a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. And he, and he, and he, so David steps forward in who he was. He steps forward in who he was and he steps forward as this, as this shepherd boy, but this shepherd boy isn't just any shepherd boy. He's a child of the Most High God. And this, this which is coming against the armies of Israel, he says, I'll take you out. With a boldness and a courage, because he knew who he was. So why was David able to step out in who he was, rather than how the others wanted him to be? Could have been that he'd had a word from God. Could have been that he'd eaten too much cheese. Could have just been that he was a fruit and nutcase. <laughs> but he steps out in who he was. He was able to step out in who he was. And not only did he know who he was, he had a testimony. He said, I'll, I'll just treat him like I treat, treat the lion and the bear. He was able to go out in who he was, and we were able to go out in who we are, not because we're, because we're not living in someone else's armor. If he'd have gone out in Saul's armor, he would, have, he, would have, would, would, he would have been trying to be somebody else. But he goes out in who he is. And in verse 32, it says, Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. Where, where are the men and women today who speak that sort of language, who have that sort of vocabulary? You know, this is coming at us. This is coming at me. This is going on in my life. But I'm not going to go out in someone else's arm. I'm going to stand firm in who I am and, and, and be this one who says, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because I'm your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. I'm stepping out in who I am. I'm stepping out in the purposes of God. Where are the men and women today who speak that sort of language? The people who are being talked down or either armored up. See, sometimes we'll talk down people who have that sort of language. But we need to be a, we need to get around those sort of people and be those sort of people who are prepared to armor ourselves up in the armor of God. See, sometimes we forget the armor that is designed for us. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strong. See, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of this dark age, don't we? As long as we forget that. But David could David could, could see through all that armor stuff. He could see through all that that was that was the, the opportunities that were there in this stuff of the world. You know, Saul said, David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight him with fight with him, for you are a youth and he is a man. Of war from his youth. You can't do that. Why, why should you be able to do that? You're just a youth. You're just a young person. You're just a shepherd boy. You're not even here for the purposes of the war. You're just here to bring cheese and bread. And bring it and take, take word back. You're not able to do this. 
Verse 34, David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and I struck it and I delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it arose again, I caught it by his beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, this Philistine who has no relationship with God, he has no covenant relationship. He is just, a, just one of these people in the world. He's got a lot of mouth. He might be big, but he's an uncircumcised Philistine. Well, just be like one of them. And he brings him back down into, 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 this, into this place of having no relationship with God, no authority and no power. And David, he who is in me is greater than he who is in this world. He'll be just like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living gods. You know, he's, he's come against God's anointed. He's come against the church. I tell you, the church needs to be a people, the body of Christ in the days in which we, we need to be people who stand up and rise up in who we are. We are the church of Jesus Christ. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So when anything comes against the church, we don't just sit, sit down and just accept it and take it and say, well, we've got to adjust some things a little bit to make ourselves more, can we use the word woke? <laughs> if you want to. Can we, can we, we need to make things a little bit more easy. We need to accept this and we need to accept it. No, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When the gates of hell start trying to prevail against the church, he says, I will build it. And these men and women of God who say, come on, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He comes against the body of Christ. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the port of the lion and from the port of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said, David, go, and the Lord be with you. Well, just go and have a go anyway. Well, at least he gave him a chance. And David steps out there. See, it's not enough just to talk faith. And sometimes faith can just be talk. You have to build confidence. And David had built this confidence. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, confidence, which is a great reward. He built a confidence outside of Saul's armor. He didn't need Saul's armor. He had his own confidence in his God and who he was. And it wasn't, it wasn't just because he was anointed to be king, was it? There's no mention of him saying to Saul, you know, I can take this giant out because you, you don't realize I am Saul, I am Paul, I am, sorry, Paul to Lord David, I'm David. Because in the previous chapter, we see David gets anointed by Samuel to be king of Israel. David never mentions that. He just mentions some of the things he's done and who he is and who, and who Goliath is. You know, he was able to take Saul out, Goliath out, because he was willing and he was available. He knew who he was. He didn't have to show Saul a selfie of him with Samuel. Here I am being anointed. <laughs> Do you not realize? You're going, I'm coming. 
Do you not realize, you know, you're history? But I, I, I have, I've got a position. I'm, I'm the future king. Never mentioned it. He was just willing and he was available. He knew who he was. He didn't ever show a selfie of that. See, your protection doesn't look like the world's protection. Does it? Your protection doesn't look like the world's protection. When the enemy comes in, the Bible says, like a flood. Let's raise up a standard against him. Because our, our, our protection doesn't look like the world's protection. Too often we try and protect ourselves with the world's protection. It doesn't fit. And so God is able here to turn an ordinary errand into a mighty move of God. An ordinary errand into the mighty move of God. So David's able to separate himself. So I'm not going to fit into that mold in which you want me to fit into. I'm, I'm different. I have the call of God on my life. You know, the weapons of our, my warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. How many of you got things in your life, going on in your life, where we're, where we're battling them with the, enemy, with, the, with the weapons of this world? Sometimes we can miss out and we can get left behind in what God wants us to do. We need to be careful who we walk with. Be careful who we walk with because those who we walk with will try and often encourage us to get into their armor and live out, live out from their armor and live with their confidence. See, while you're trying to please others by fitting into their armor, others who are building their confidence are changing the world. You see, well, how come that person is doing this and that person is doing that? You know, maybe they're building their confidence with something different to where you're building your confidence. See, they didn't believe there was a better way until David turned up. Even though they served the same God. Isn't that amazing? These are the armies of the God of Israel. They were serving the same God, but they perceived it differently. David was living from a different place. You know, they're, they're serving the same God, but they're using their, world, their worldly armor. But David said, I don't need that because my confidence is in God. My confidence is in God. They didn't believe there was a better way. They said, well, who's going to be able to do this? We're just, we're just done for. We're, we're, they, they were living with no hope. Too much of the church is living with little hope. Because we've forgotten where our confidence is. And we're trying to, do, trying to do things and fit things in the way of the world and fit into someone's armor. It, doesn't, it wasn't made for us. And so much of the time we, we, we're, we, we find ourselves trying to adjust and make things happen and make things work this way and work things that way. And, and we find if you, if you think about it, we're trying to fit into an armor that doesn't work, that isn't our, isn't our armor. They didn't believe there was a better way, even though they served the same God. Did you ever come across people who, well, how come they're seeing so, much of the, so many miracles and I'm not seeing very many miracles? You need to ask yourself the question. 
I'm not seeing enough miracles. We're not seeing enough miracles. But we, yet we believe in a miracle-working God. And let's shift our focus. Let's build our confidence. See, everybody benefited, but it took David to take off the armor of the normal. Everybody benefited. David was a hero. But it took him to take off the armor of the normal. They were so close to a move of God. So close. But yet it took David to turn up. This shepherd boy. Who didn't come up with his qualifications of being the, the next king. But he came up with a testament of who he was. He knew whose he was. And he knew he didn't need the armor of this world. And he knew that if he could take out a lion and a bear, he could take out this uncircumcised Philistine. I wonder how far we are away from a move of God. See, we've become so seasoned to what we have come to expect. They thought the only way was with this armor that saw war and the weapons of their of the carnal warfare. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but the mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And they are available to each and every one of us if we're born again of the Spirit of God. Because that is who we are. That is who we are now. So how far away are you, are we, from a move of God? We become so seasoned to what we have come to expect. We become comfortable. We expect so often God to do the unreasonable, but to do it reasonably. We expect him to do it within our, the confines of our armor of the protection which we've built around us. See, church, revivals don't come reasonably. They come to the prepared expectant. And David was prepared expectant. You know, he, he was, he, when he went into the battlefield, he may not have thought about what he was going to do. He may have not have thought of, of, of taking out Goliath when he left, the, with the, left his sheep in the, in the wilderness there. But he went willingly and he went expectantly, looking for opportunities. See, they come to the willing and to the open. They come to the willing and to the open. Now, David was so willing and he was so, he was so excited to be there. Said, what can I do? Where can I make a difference? He wouldn't have even been noticeable outside of the armor. If he had worn Saul's armor, he looked a little bit like Saul maybe. He looked all powerful and strong and, and courageous. But his confidence wasn't in the armor of the world. His confidence was in his God. And so the breakthroughs, the miracles, the healings, the deliverance, all the stuff that we need to see in that, I believe, in the kingdom of God take place. These mighty, mighty move of God and revivals, they come where there's a willingness and where there's an openness, not just for the position, but for the move of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1 through 5, Paul comes and he's speaking to the Corinthians there. He says, I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with an excellence of speech or the wisdom declared to you through the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit of God and the power that your faith should be in the wisdom, not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God's. God is looking for people who are open to see the power of God move in their lives. Get away, getting away from the normal. It's not even when we come to church, we sit in the same chairs. <laughs> because our comfort is greater than our expectancy. I'm just looking to see if you all sit in the same chairs or not. <laughs> so I'm presuming, I don't, I don't go to the movie theater. I've been there three times, I think, in the last 40 years. But I know some of you go to the movie theater. I'm presuming that when you go to the movie theater, if I was stood at the, on the screen, I'd look out and you'd all be in the same places. But I don't believe we do that when we go to the movie theater because the movie is more important than where you sit. You're saying, man, you know, you're digging yourself in a hole now. I don't know, you book, you book your tickets online, presumably. So you, when you book your tickets online and you're going, you, you look, you, you're looking, you, you picture the church. <laughs> Do you? I'm assuming you do because, you, you know, that's the other place you sit in rows of seats. So you picture the church and you say, well, that's where I sit. So when Stephanie and Calvin go to those movies, they sit right down the front <laughs> on the left-hand side. And they said, but they said they don't. They sit in the middle. Let's see. Why? <laughs> why? I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> because the movie is more important than where you sit. Because you've got to be able to see it. And you want to get an experience. See, so we're so we're so pre-programmed, aren't we? We're so pre-programmed. Because our expectancy is linked to our comforts. Let's be a people church who open ourselves up and have an expectancy. Of God to do something outside of what is considered normal, of what is considered acceptable, of what is considered okay. God is looking, I believe, in these days to pour out His Spirit in ways maybe we haven't experienced before. But so often we don't see what God wants to see and what God wants to happen and what God wants to take place and, and that which he has in his heart for us as individuals in the church of Jesus Christ in the days in which we live. Because we're, we, we're finding ourselves conforming to the armor of the world 
and trying to make who we are as men and women of God fit in to something that is a misfit. When Paul went to the church there in Corinth, he said, what I wanted to see was a demonstration of the Spirit and of the power. In church, we need to be a people, I believe, who position ourselves to be open to see a demonstration of the Spirit of God and of the power of God. Going back to the armor. Who needs a move of God? Who needs a move of God? Well, if we need to see a move of God, be careful what we dress ourselves in. Be careful of how we are expectancy of that move of God take place in our lives. Because David, David couldn't have seen his victory, which wasn't just for him. He couldn't have seen it, wouldn't have seen it. If he'd have gone out in Saul's armor, he would have had the physical protection, but he wouldn't have had the spiritual protection. And in these days, in those days, he needed the spiritual protection. In these days, we need the spiritual protection. So as we just close out this morning, I want to ask you today, there's adjustments I'm having to continually make in my life. Because we live in a world where we, don't, we, can, we can pretty much get by without seeing the miraculous. And so often the church doesn't look a lot different to the world. Because if the church looked different to the world in the way I believe God wants it to look, it may be offensive. God didn't intend the church to conform to the world. And so Paul said in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed. Don't conform yourself to the armor that the world uses. The protection and the weapons. Because you're not of this world. Yes, we're in it. But the world we're in needs to see the church operating in the weapons that we have, which are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. God needs to see the church. And the church's believers that too often look so much like the world. I just heard the other day, I, I can't remember where I, was, where I heard it, but it was talking about the church as the church as in the church of the, of, of the United Kingdom. And the, and, the, and the theme was, and it was a church person speaking, a so-called church person, whatever a church person is, I don't know. But this church person who the world saw as a church person said, well, over the years, morals have changed. Maybe that church person has a different... Maybe the, maybe the, maybe the um, online one or the one on your, on your phone or iPad is a little bit different to this. But no, it said that over the, in the last, in the 21st century, the morals, morals have changed. We live in a different society. Yes, we do live in a different society, but the weapons of our warfare haven't changed. 
The word of God hasn't changed. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe revivals are taking place where the, where the body of Christ is rising up and saying, come on, let's not be conformed to this world. When the first revival took place on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached a sermon. The Bible says it, they were cut to the, the listeners were cut to the heart. It penetrated. They say, what must we do to be saved? And what did Peter, Peter say? Repent. Turn around. Repent. And be baptized for the remission of sins. It takes a turning. Those people in that valley, they were church people. Well, they weren't church people because church hadn't, they were God's people. They thought they, they, they were trying to kill the Philistine with their carnal weapons. God said, don't, it, the carnal weapons don't work. What works is somebody who knows who they are and whose they are. And has their confidence. He's built their confidence in the Word of God. And there's those people who, who had no hope. So victory. So victory. And Suzanne mentioned this morning, I've been talked about is people who don't have hope. Maybe you've got a situation in your life where you're saying is that you've lost hope. We're constantly talking about things that we face in our life and saying, well, and, and even, even these last few months, few years, we're still changing our perspective on things. Still, still, still adjusting where our, how we use our weapons. And the more we understand, the more we get a hold of using the weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Our church, I believe, the more victories we'll see. Because it hasn't worked the other way. It hasn't worked the other way. And as you get older, you learn more about which weapons to use and which weapons not to use. And whose armor to put on and whose armor not to put on. And who to listen to and who not to listen to. Remember, these are church people. These are, these are God's people that were saying, come on, you, you need to try this armor. You need, you need to use this armor. You need this sword. You need this spear. You need this helmet. You need this, this coat of mail. David said, no. That's not my fit. That's not my fit. For the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. For the pulling down the strongholds. And that which you've been using, that which you've been trying, hasn't worked yet. That giant's still standing. That giant is still standing. And you may have a giant standing in your life. Maybe watching this morning, you have a giant standing in your life. You say, well, it's not, it may not be a huge giant, but it's a giant. It's something which, which is restricting, which is holding you, in effect, holding you captive. But church, you've got weapons. If you've got something going on in your life, you say, well, that's a giant in my life. It's holding me captive. Why don't you stand where you are this morning? 
worship team are going to come back here now and just lead us in another song. But if you're here this morning, you say, there's a giant in my life. I've got a giant in my life. You say, well, it might be a great, huge, ugly giant in the sense of love. I know there's people standing around the building here already. Maybe you're at home. Just, just type, type a little thing there on your, on your screen and say, yes, I've got a giant. I want to tell you this morning, the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Don't listen to those who want you to be clothed in their armor. Don't listen to those who want you to be clothed in their armor. Think they, they think they know the armor you need to use and the weapons you need to use. Stay strong and build your confidence in your gods. Build your confidence in the word of God. Get around people who will build you up in the word of God, not people who want to clothe you in their armor with their opinions and their ideas, their thoughts, and giving you advice that they're giving you, but they wouldn't give it to themselves because they know it doesn't work. Father, I pray for every person standing here this morning. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, come upon them right where they are. And strengthen them. Give them, Lord, I pray, a fresh boldness to know who they are and whose they are. Know who designed them and who purposed them. But I pray in Jesus' name that you build your confidence in the God of heaven. In Jesus' name.